0: We'll sing and shout the victory. Eight seconds. It's when we all get to
1: heaven. All right, good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day that we have. I know that we all understand that it is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. And maybe something may happen to make it not seem like it's a time to rejoice and be glad, but we're going to confess it until the facts come around to the Word of God. Father, we thank you once again. We're here before you, Father, to receive from you today. We thank you for the Spirit of God that will move in our lives. We thank you for that Spirit that is alive and well inside us, Father God. Father, we just now come to you and we praise you, Lord. For this opportunity, together in your name, to receive from you, Father, be with each and every one here today. Minister to him, Father God. Thank you for Brother John King. Give him strength, wisdom, and the Spirit of God to bring forth your word in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Excuse me. I'd like to say as Phyllis is coming this morning, I'm so thankful for Phyllis and Merle. You can go ahead and tinkle those ivories. I'd like to say I'm so very thankful for Phyllis and Merle this morning. They come faithfully on Wednesday night and they take us to the throne of God and praise and worship. This morning, Paul's not able to be here. These two work like a hand in a glove and then we're getting ready to go to the throne of God and worship today. Can we worship enough to allow God to allow his spirit to be drawn into this place as we go to the throne of God? Somebody say amen. Amen. then get ready because Phyllis is coming to take us to the throne of God.
3: Okay. I just want to say that sometimes when we're singing songs that we're familiar with, and sometimes even especially Christmas songs, we just sing them. They just come automatic and we don't think about the words. And so I was thinking about this song and do I have any English teachers here? Do I have any English teachers? Okay, well, whoever you are, what does an explanation point mean? Power. Power. Excitement. Excitement. Okay, so I knew all that, but I looked it up, and it's in Wikipedia. It said the exclamation mark is used after an interjection or explanation to indicate strong feelings or to show emphasis. It's often... Used in writing to make a character seem as though they are shouting, excited, or surprised. So I got to looking at this song and the words to these song, and I started singing this in my mind with an exclamation point after the lines. Oh, holy night! Exclamation point. The stars are brightly shining. Exclamation point. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Exclamation point. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Exclamation point. A thrill of hope. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. <laughs> the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn exclamation point. Fall on your knees, exclamation point. Oh, hear the angel voices, exclamation point. Oh, night divine, when Christ was born, exclamation point. So, I want us to stand, and I want us to sing that, and in your heart, say, exclamation point, at the end of every line, okay?
0: Worth a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh. Hear was born hold night divine holy night.
2: Okay. Y'all may be seated. Winston who y'all never get to see too very much because he worked for years in our junior church and works all the time picking up people and taking them home down in our our area where we have a, a, uh, a gymnasium church down there. And everything, I've asked him to come to lead us in prayer and to share a few words of hope, vision, our possibility.
4: Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Let's go to prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. We, op- we thank you for the opportunities to live in a nation... Where we can still come and worship.
2: Amen. And, uh, Jesus for You
4: Lift up the name of Jesus. Bring honor to God the Father. Lord, we ask you to help us do all these things today. Be with the ones who are in need. Either through ill or uh, illness or financial Amen. need or and other healing needs. Play, Lord. And um, we ask you to be with your chosen people in Israel, Lord. And uh, God bless them. Amen. We ask you to bless the service. Help everything be done to your honor and glory. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, I know where I am, but I'm not sure when. What month is this, anyway? December. Thank you. One person knows it's December. Okay. Um, All right. So in December, we get start to think about uh, Jesus being born and uh, all of the things that go along with that and the scripture today is John 14 3 and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also you know uh, we think of Jesus coming at the first coming but he the first coming really paved the way to the second coming. Amen he's coming amen.
2: again okay, amen.
4: so uh, you're getting ahead of me Phil <laughs> okay <laughs> that's great uh, so the first time he came he came for, I've uh, identified three things here. One one is to fulfill prophecy. And David Jeremiah on television the other day said that he had personally isolated and counted specific prop- prophecies of Jesus' coming. And there were, are you ready? 316. <laughs> uh, and uh, then Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. And to show us how to live and uh, Jesus faced everything we did without sin. That's amazing. 1 First Corinthians First 10.13 says, With every temptation, God will give us a way of escape. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't want to escape. And then we get in real big problems. But uh, anyway, the, the way of escape is there. No, number three, to pay for our sins. John the Baptist saw Jesus walking and he said, Behold. Behold, he didn't say hey, look there, I see a guy. No, he said, behold, behold the Son of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Amen, And uh, so uh, then uh, there are uh, more than, this is according to David Jeremiah also, more than three times the number of prophecies of the second coming than there were of the first coming. That's amazing. And uh, so here's a summary of his comings. The first coming, he was a baby. Second coming, king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. <laughs> first coming uh, to become like us. He came, he came, lived as we did. Suffered all the pains, pleasures, temptations, victories, rejection and uh, that we do. Sorrows. Sorrows, yes. And the second time, uh, he, he will come for us to become like him. 1 John 3, 2 says, When Christ appears, we shall be like Him. That's amazing, isn't it? First uh, coming, a star marked His arrival. On the second coming, the stars will fall from the sky. Amen. In the first coming, wise men and shepherds brought gifts. At the second coming, Jesus will bring gifts and blessings to the believers. Amen. At His first coming, there was no room for Him. Uh, at the second coming, the whole world... Will not be able to contain his glory. Amen. At the first coming, very few greeted him. At the second coming, every knee shall bow to him in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Are you ready for his second coming? Amen. Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Are the people around you ready for his coming? He is coming back. And uh, we can, so everybody say, praise the Lord, he's coming back. Praise the Lord, he's coming back. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you very much.
0: His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. wonderful. wonderful wonderful his name is wonderful his name is wonderful jesus my He promised us that he would be a counselor, a mighty God, and the Prince of Peace. He promised us that he would be a father, and that he would love us with a love that would not cease.
3: Well, I tried
0: him, and I found his promises are true. He's everything he said that he would be. The finest words I know could not begin to tell just what Jesus really means to me. He goes beyond my highest hopes and fondest dreams. He's everything that my soul ever longed for. Everything he's promised and so much more. More than amazing, more than marvelous more than miraculous could ever be. He's more than wonderful. That's what Jesus is to me.
3: I stand
0: amazed when I think that the King of glory
3: should come
0: to dwell within the my heart can believe. He goes beyond my highest hopes and fondest dreams. He's everything that my soul ever longed for. Everything he's promised and so much more, more than amazing More than marvelous, more than miraculous could ever be, he's more than wonderful, that's what Jesus is to me.
2: He's more than wonderful, more than wonderful. Let's all stand so we can receive the offering. Father, we want to thank you this day for your plans for us because we want to give our bodies to you and give you permission to bring all of your plans into play. Please, God, how can we face this world, all of the darkness, all of the impossibility, if you don't bring all of those glorious Plans and unfold them in our lives. So we give our bodies so we can give you permission. And we offer tithes and offering so that you might be able to open the windows of heaven. Thank you, God, that you allow the church to do these marvelous things. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says, Amen. Amen.
0: to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadow I'm not the in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. i Shout, Jesus, from the mountains, Jesus, in the streets, Jesus, in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus, for my Stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire.
2: Put your hands, all you people. Thank you, Merle. Thank you, Phyllis, for coming and doing praise and worship with us. There's a few announcements I'd like to be able to make with you this day. They're in the bulletin, in case you didn't have a chance to look at it. We'd like to announce that this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. will be our next uh, Wednesday night when we have the blood covenant and the Lord's Supper. Get people to come with you. They need to know that being a part of the covenant of God. Changes everything. I don't care what it is that they say, I just don't know if it can change everything. It changes everything. So let them know about that. This Wednesday, there will be a Wednesday's ladies meeting at 11 a.m. And it will be in the conference room, because we no longer have the church library there. It will be in the conference room, and it will be in the main office, and you all need to be aware of that. The women will also have their third Saturday meeting this coming uh, Saturday down in the elementary building. And instead of having a regular speaker, they will be making uh, Christmas sacks that will be handed out to Sunday school kids and to the gym church and to shut-ins. And so you need to be aware of that. If you want to come and help them put that together, they'll have a lot of joy being able to do that. Come lay your hands on some things that can take the anointing to those people who need it in those situations. This coming Friday evening is going to be at 6 p.m. Friday at 6, there's going to be a fellowship. You can read about it here, things that will be happening. You need to sign up for us so we can know how many to prepare for. And there are some other things in here about our food pantry and other things like that. How many guests or visitors do we have this morning? Are there any? I don't see any guests or visitors. It's good to have all of you all here this morning. How many birthdays or anniversaries do we have this morning? Are there any? I don't see any birthdays or anniversaries this morning. That's a good thing also. I want you all to stand up for a few seconds and reach around to one another and say God bless you and heal you to every person that's just right there around you because you may have the anointing they need or they may have the anointing that you need because the anointing is present. It's been present ever since you've been born again. Maybe it just hasn't been activated. So let's all stand and reach out to one another and say God bless you and heal you this morning. could you say
5: (laughs) praise God this morning this is the season when we remember that God sent his only son the way that we have to go to heaven if it weren't for Jesus where would we be I heard a sermon this morning, as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Jesus, our religion would be like every other religion. But we have Jesus, who is alive. And this is to just glorify Him and glorify God in what He did for us. The stars are brightly shining. This is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till you appeared and our soul felt its world. The thrill of hope this weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn for
2: that's they're going to be able
6: to hear something. Are we on? You should be on when you step up there. You're on. I'm on. <laughs> Preacher got up to preach, and the usher came down the aisle and handed him a note. He opened the note and said, Kiss. Oh, my wife sent me a kiss. And oh, at, 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 <laughs> So at the end of the service, everyone left, and he went to his wife and said, Oh, I want to thank you for sending me a kiss. She said, What are you talking about? Well I got your note that said kiss. I said, keep it short, stupid.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're in trouble now.
6: That that, that wasn't Carol.
1: That wasn't Carol.
6: I want to read to you from uh, St. Mark in the uh, eighth chapter, beginning with the 34th verse. Hey, you got it? Is it up here? Okay. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... The son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels. Now if you'd like turn over if you will to Revelation the 20th verse the 20th chapter beginning with the uh, 10th verse The 20th chapter of Revelation, beginning with the 10th verse. And the devil, who deceived them, was thrown into a lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Amen. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Oh, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life. He was thrown into the lake of fire." May God add His richest blessing to the reading of God's Word. Amen. Now it's customary with merchants and uh, with others, at the end of the financial year, they look into their books and they see how they stand with the world and how the world stands with them. They like to balance their accounts and, and ascertain their profits and determine their losses. It's a greater advantage to adopt this concern, though, in spiritual matters. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. The gain of the whole world is a maximum profit. No man has ever reached it and no man has ever gained it. No man will ever do so. We have read in history, for instance, of Napoleon. He grasped at the scepter of universal empire. He rose rapidly from lieutenant to artillery to captain to colonel and from colonel to general of a division, and soon Napoleon became first consul, and for ten years, and then afterwards, he ascended the French throne. He increased the empire of France by one-third. But, but that was nothing for, his, his, for the high-vaulty ambition had, he had, Napoleon had, he had some great dreams. He would reign supreme over all of Europe without even one rival. His gigantic scheme of empire soon added Italy, added Switzerland, the Netherlands, Hanover. He seized Spain and Portugal, and he even set his family on foreign thrones. He sought Russia, and he sighed for England. He pounced on Egypt. And he fixed his eyes on, on uh, India. And that the possession of the whole world was realized by a single individual. He couldn't do it. Not, not then. Let us imagine uh, uh, of all the benefits, its conver- uh, conveniences and comforts, its riches, its honors, its pleasures, its praises, its profits... All at the command of one man. Think about that. You know what happened to Napoleon? He lost it on the field of Waterloo. He lost it all. He was sent to Elba at that time. At the, uh, what would it result if a man owned it all? He would find it impossible to retain the world for any length of time. We cannot calculate the certainty of the. Continuance of any worldly possession Amen. during the whole of life. We cannot reckon on its lasting for even a few years. Life is, if we could, we would not surely, life itself, we couldn't hold anything for just, but just for maybe a single moment. You know what the Bible says? says this, Life is a vapor that appears for a little time And then vanishes away the bible says there is but a step between life and death this night thy soul will be required there is no permanent possession on earth there is no tenure given no heirloom handed down from father to son and given again from son to father shall pass into a stranger's hands the hereditary estate, secure it as you may. You buy deeds, you use deeds and settlements, and, and you'll soon find notwithstanding all your caution, all the, uh, the, there will be a change of proprietorship. Precar- the baronial residence will in time become a ruin which ivy twines and the weeds grow. Yeah. Our most cherished possessions will soon revert To someone else. It matters not how firmly we hold on to them. Force, or fraud, or disease, or death, or foolishness, or in in certain change in circumstances. One or the other of these will wrench them from your reluctant grasp. And the question may be then asked of the fool, then whose things will they be? If we possess the whole world, every instant we live in it, we would run the risk of losing it or being taken from it or having it snatched from us, of it being compelled to give up our possessions either by open violence by an enemy or or the treacherous avarice of, uh, of our friends or the foolishness. Uh, on our part or dishonesty on the part of somebody else by some sudden reverse of fortune or by some sad dispensation of providence we would always be in fear of losing whatever we have some sad distinguished providence could take it away from us the world if we could possess it and could retain it always and enjoy it fully, would not satisfy our eternal soul. Where is the wealthy man that is perfectly satisfied with his wealth? And who feels that the wealth alone is sufficient source of happiness? Where is the man of sensual pleasure who can say that his pursuits have been without tragedy and without sadness? Where is the man who pursues after power and gaining it is not afraid that someone's going to take it away from him? Every heart yearns for more than the world can give. Each one here this morning has felt that aching void which the world can never fill. Every one of us. The soul's aching void is not to be filled by the increase of riches... Not in the possession of honors, not in the sensual pleasures. The wealth of this world cannot purchase satisfactions. The pleasures of sin cannot procure it. Honors bestowed by fellow creatures cannot confer it. Temporal things have a place. We know that they can minister much to man. And they can add to our convenience and to our comfort. They can furnish uh, a quota of our enjoyment. They can contribute to the decency and the dignity of life. But they cannot prevent, cannot remove the vexation of Spirit that is inseparably associated with worldly things. In the midst of all that this world can furnish, I have stood by many men, And the time of their life when we have to say vanity and vanity. All is vanity. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What's the value of a soul? What's its value? The eternal God thinks it's valuable. You know why? Because he paid a great price for your soul. St. Paul writes that the price was not paid with corruptible things as silver or gold, but precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish or spot. On account of your soul, Christ died. On account of your soul, the Holy Spirit sanctifier is at work right now. On account of your soul, the Word of God is given. The gospel is preached. And the loss of your soul would be an irritable loss. The soul is the candle of the Lord in man. Listen. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Your soul is stamped with the likeness of the eternal. It is the prerogative of the soul and its very purpose is to glorify God on earth and be glorified with God in heaven. To enjoy God both here and hereafter. To seek God and to serve God. Our soul was made to converse with God and converse also with the angels and the glorified saints. Our soul is made to have fellowship with the Father, fellowship with the Son, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Our souls were made to drink deep of the fountain of grace and love that wells up beside the throne of eternal God. Our soul is an immortal spirit. Spirit, it is a flame that can never be extinguished. A light that can never be put out. It is unseen, but it is eternal. The baby, listen, listen. The baby in its mother's womb has a soul that will live forever. The breast of the baby that sleeps in the cradle and nurses at its mother's breast is a soul that will last longer than the sun and the moon will endure. And when the elements shall melt with fervent heat, when the earth shall be burnt up and the heaven roll together like a crumpled scroll, the soul will survive and remain amid the wreck of matter and the crush of the worlds. But the things of this world will melt away and it will be no more. Precious souls, we know the future. You know the future. God has chosen to reveal it to us in the Holy Scripture. You, there is a second death when the lost soul is cast away from the presence of God. Through his own rebellion against the things of God, not wishing he not wishing to walk with God in this present world, has chosen for himself banishment from paradise, to forfeit the light from heaven, to be banished into that less that less region wherein the blackness of darkness ever reigns, where it is consigned to the companionship of devils and be damned with it. On, uh, and the clothes of, uh, on uh, which it cho- the same thing that they chose on earth they 'll be damned with it in hell, and where it sinks deeper and deeper into the bottomless abyss of misery, where the soul dieth not, and the fire is not quenched too hmm. too much, pen- too much uh, peanut butter here All right, okay. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and he loses his soul? The angels in heaven, the spirits of the just made perfect, cry out from the battlements of heaven. Nothing, nothing. There is no profit. uh, lost souls in hell, if malice prevent them not cry out and answer. Nothing. Nothing. God the Father who sent His Son to save your soul. God the Son who suffered on the cross to redeem your soul. And God the Spirit who came to sanctify your soul. The Almighty undivided three in one would answer their own question and their answer is echoed. Both in heaven above and in earth below, in the pits of hell, there's nothing. Nothing. Nothing, there's no profit to lose your soul and be banished from eternal life with, with the Father and in eternal peace and eternal joy. Our Lord has given the answer to our question. Brothers and sisters, what shall we do to be saved? Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Amen. And follow after me. For whosoever will save his soul shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's. Will find life everlasting. Has God answered your prayers? Are your prayers being answered? I hope they are. God said to Isaiah one day. Do not pray for these people, for prayer for them will not be answered. Wow, That's what he said. I ask you, each and every one of you, is God answering your prayers? Or do you need to to come to that time in your life where, yes, you've been saved, but is God answering your prayers? And if not, why not? Are you walking with God each and every day? Are you willing to share your life, willing to share your salvation with others you know that are lost? Are you willing to witness to the grace and love of Jesus Christ? I ask you, if not, why not come down front right here and rededicate your life to God? I know we come down here lots of times and we're praying for others. And that's good. We need to pray for others. But why not come down today and rededicate your life? It's getting close to Christmas. Rededicate your life to God. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Help me to live a better Christian life than I've been living. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing the song. Just as I am. Without a plea. Let us stand and sing. Will you stand.
1: Would you come forward? (laughs) Forgive me.
0: Just.